Hi, my name is Panta Kalhor and you're listening to Transition by Panta Kalhor Podcast. Let's be together in transition, whether in motherhood, job transition, healing journey, or starting a brand new life. Episode 57, author promotion show, You Can Eat Love with Leslie Davis, best-selling author. Please subscribe to Panta Kalhor Transition Channel and order my book, Rules of Change for the Better. Tune up your mood and transform your life to reach your biggest dreams. Hi, everyone. I'm so glad that we could make it for another day. And uh, we are with uh, Lindsay Davis today. And we're going to talk about weight loss and uh, her great book, You Can't Eat Love. I love her title. It's like <laughs> uh, something very unique. I've never heard about this. You Can't Eat Love. And then uh, I was really inspired to read her book. And I read it and I really enjoyed it. That's why I was encouraged to ask her to come and talk about her book and show you how she could lose 100 pounds, right? <laughs> and uh, with not so much effort, right? With some um, changing uh, her mindset and following her own rule. Let's just talk about it. I'm very curious to hear about her. Welcome to my show. Oh, well, thank you so much. I really have been looking forward to meeting you in person. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, uh, talk about your strange topic. <laughs> you can't eat love. How, how come you come up with this unique topic? Um, well, Mother's Day, and I talk about this in the first chapter of the book, uh, Mother's Day recently, I was eating um, a chocolate meringue pie that, that we've been making in my family for over 70 years. And it's kind of a family staple. Anyway, I was making this pie and I had made it in, in remembrance of my mother who had died um, 36 years before. Uh, and as I was eating it, I was thinking about, you know, what was so important about this pie? And it dawned on me that I was trying to eat those memories. I was trying to recapture, you know, the, the family love and the, all of the times that we were together and all that. And I just sat there and I said, you can't eat love. And it just resonated through my whole body so much that I had a piece of paper and a pen sitting there on the table and I grabbed it and I wrote in like, 30 seconds, the first two paragraphs of the book, um, which are, you know, you can't eat love, but it was so eye opening because then I started looking back and realizing that's what I had been trying to do was trying to eat the love that I thought I didn't have. And through, you know, a journey, I realized that the only love I was missing was the love for myself. Beautiful. Yes, because I've, I actually read through your memories, 
in your book about your grandfather, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, whatever you are right, because food is not only your memories, it's especially for immigrants from another country, is very nostalgic. <laughs> and one of the first thing you really miss your country is the food. Mm -hmm. And uh, ho hopefully, because of, I mean, fortunately, because Toronto is a great city and we have uh, lots of Persian restaurants here, lots of Persian supermarkets, we usually don't miss too much. Other, unless we miss our family, of course, right. but because of the food, uh, it gives us lots of energy and <laughs> uh, by eating those uh, memories, you don't need to uh, regret that you're coming here. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> tell me about this. How did you start your journey? Because I know you started a lot of weight loss technique and none of them worked for you. But one day you decided, no, that's it. That's enough. I'm going to change my life. I'm not going to go through those temptations. <laughs> And let's just talk about this. Well, uh, like so many other people, I hit a rock bottom place where I was like, okay, you can go one of two directions. And I took a really hard look at myself, which so many of us don't want to do. We, we want to you know, look at ourselves with one eye closed and we can't see the mess that we're in. And so I took a look at myself and I said, I am not healthy mentally, I am not healthy physically, and I am not healthy emotionally. And I determined that what I wanted to do is I wanted to be 80 years old, sitting in my rocking chair saying, I've done almost everything I possibly could. And the only way that I could do that was to be the best version of me that I possibly could be. So I literally drove a stake in the ground, which is out in my yard still, and said, you know, from here on, I'm going to do things differently. So I started learning um, about emotions. I got really clear on why I wanted to go on the journey, because just like you, with your decision that you were going to have a child, you were very clear on why you wanted to have the child. And to me, the best description I've heard of how important a why is, is in the movie Resistance. Jesse Eisenberg plays Marcel Marceau, and it's about the, the World War II and how Marcel Marceau helped all these Jewish children escape from France to freedom. And uh, this is when he, before he's Marcel Marceau and he's practicing and he's being a clown and all this and his father asks him, he says, why is this so important to you? And he says, I don't understand why you have to be a clown. And he looks at his father and he says, why do you go to the bathroom? And the father says, because my body demands it. And I said, that is it. When we are so clear on why we're on a journey, our body demands it. So I became so clear that I wanted to be the very best version of me that I possibly could, that nothing else mattered. Nothing else was going to be in my way. All of the things that I had given into the Big Macs, the cookies, you know, all of this other stuff, it no longer mattered because I was 
my body was demanding that I be as healthy as I possibly could be. And I decided I'm going to live to be 153 years old in one day. And the only way to do that is to take very good care of myself and set aside all of these other things that I'd been living with. But the, the hardest part about the journey wasn't the decision. The hardest part was to start learning to take care of myself. And I talk about putting your own oxygen mask on first, because so many times, you know, we are taught, especially as females, we're taught that we go second, we go last, we don't go first. And so to claim my firstness, that was difficult because you start getting pushback from the people around you. But I learned I can only do something about me. And what the other people do is their, their thing. I have to take care of me. I have to put my own oxygen mask on first because you fly and truthfully, you have 30 seconds to get that oxygen mask on. And if you're busy putting it on somebody else, guess what happens to you? And when that plane lands and you're laid out in the aisle and everybody is stepping over you, they're all going to say, there's that very nice person who helped me, but where are you going to be? And so, so that was, that was the hard part about the whole thing, but just getting clear on why I wanted to go on the journey. Exactly. Why is so important because you clarify exactly your goals, why you want to be there why what do you see as outcome like you talk about oxygen mask and i remember something <laughs> when i was trying to learn diving mm. diving in um, open water 18 meters i was trying to get the license and uh, in pool was so easy because everything is under control is not 18 meter but as soon as i went to the real 18 meter water in ocean in Australia, then I realized, wow, this is totally different. <laughs> and then we've been there and as one, as one part of the session, the instructor removed the oxygen mask from me. And then I forgot everything that I learned already in the pool because it's not just putting your mask. It has a technique. You have to remove the water unless you cannot breathe. And that moment, I just realized there is, there is a very little <laughs> uh, gap between my li life and death. If I don't remember, if I don't take care of myself, even if there are lots of people around me, because we've been there as a team to, to be trained, I cannot help myself. So everybody looking at me to see what I'm doing. And I was really scared. But I said, okay, you, I have to be confident. I can do that. And then I remove it. Um, and then I could breathe again. So that that's in real life. Sometimes it's so scary. Everybody look at you. But the point is, there, that's only you, you have to take care of yourself. Because if somebody removes this oxygen mask, you cannot breathe. 
nobody can breathe for you mm -hmm. nobody can even if they love you but you are the one who should be healed or should uh, breathe again mm -hmm. exactly exactly and I, I dive also and i can remember that part of the test and i said i'm going to die that's all there is to it i'm going to die but it's very real and as I said, part of the problem is culturally we are taught until we experience something like learning how to scuba dive and we're taken out to do the open water test. Cause as you said, in the pool, it's very safe. It's very secure. You can touch the bottom in the ocean. Sometimes you can't touch the bottom. Exactly. Um, exactly. In yeah. <laughs> the side of the pool isn't just right there. So it's really important. And when it comes to, um, I recognize when it comes to discovering my true self and shedding, you know, almost a hundred pounds, that's a lot of weight. Um, if I wasn't putting myself first, then I wasn't making good food choices. I wasn't making good exercise choices. I wasn't making good mental choices. And all of that, it all goes together in order to be the best you that you possibly can be. Um, because as you know, from your experience with, uh, with your baby and everything, a lot of it is mental. So much of it is mental. And if we don't clear the garbage out that's in here, it stands in the way of us achieving our goals. Exactly. Uh, Le uh, Leslie, I have clients uh, she could have her baby 47 year old old mm -hmm. and I have clients that in 30 year old is still struggling because they think they are old you see that's the difference between mindset right <laughs> and how you can change your mindset to be healthy again and heal yourself within mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and one of the powerful quotes that kept coming back up to me and I have it written all over the place is a quote from Henry Ford. And he said, and I've got it at the very beginning of the book, whether you think you can or think you can't, you are correct. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And, and that to me was so powerful because it told me that whichever way I believed, that is what the outcome was going to be. So your 30 year olds that believe they can't because they believe they're too old, they, they need to really decide, is their body demanding this? Yes, I like it, yes. <laughs> so uh, how long did it take you lose that extra pounds? Um, it took me about 21 months to lose the weight. Wow. Less, yeah. than, less than two years. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Um, but I didn't lose it really, really fast. You know, I, I slow and steady. I did have some times where I gained you know, one or two pounds, but, um, you know, weight loss, like so many things around here where I live, the roads are not flat the freeways are not flat. So to me, the journey is like driving down the freeway around here. It goes up, it goes down, it goes under, it bends, it goes around. And that's the way that my weight loss journey was. But where I didn't get frustrated, where I didn't get upset. And as I say in the book, I did not park my car. I did not get out and I did not walk home was because I was very clear on why I was on the journey. 
So just like so many other times, if you're in a traffic jam, I'm sure Toronto has plenty of traffic jams. Uh, you know, it, if we think about it, when we are in our physical car and we hit a traffic jam, what is it that we do? Well, when you're on a journey, any kind of journey other than driving, you have to think about what am I going to do when I hit a traffic jam? Am I going to park my car, get out and walk home? No. You change the radio, you call a friend, you do something else, but you persevere, you keep on going because eventually the traffic jam will clear up. Yeah, I actually usually listen to something to learn, something. Um, I had some CDs in my car mm-hmm. and it was like a Spanish training and others, other stuff. So I never... <laughs> I never lose it, so I still have anything, something to learn. Mm-hmm. So we have a few seconds uh, to, for a break, and we come back again. Okay. Yeah. Please subscribe to Pantal Calhor Transition Channel and order my book Naturally Conceived through Amazon. Thank you for watching. All right. Um, did you use any specific diet? Well, the, the plan that I followed was Weight Watchers because I did not know anything about portion control. And um, that was the plan that I used to learn about portion control. I don't follow it really tightly now because I've learned about portion control. And I read a lot of labels. I didn't know how to read labels before to read for calories, to read for sugar, to read for carbohydrates, to read for protein. So now what I do is I focus on getting at least 150 grams of protein every day. Um, So I read more labels than I do follow that plan. Um, And so as long as I'm getting my 150 grams of protein every day, I'm doing well. and you probably are wondering why 150 grams of protein. Well, in order for your body to really be uh, healthy and strong, you know, protein is the building block of your body, the building block of every cell in our body. And I do a lot of um, weightlifting, but uh, also I am old enough to get cheap coffee. So unfortunately, as we age, you know, our bodies are breaking down and we require a few more building blocks. So since I increased my protein to that much, which is almost um, it's almost a one for one per pound of body weight, I've discovered my skin is a whole lot stronger. Um, My my bones are stronger. You know, everything is just stronger because, as I said, we need that much protein. But I don't have to watch. I don't crave sugar either because protein offsets that sugar craving. Beautiful. You have to be a health coach. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's that's what I did, to be honest, because as soon as you go through your journey and you, let's say, like me, struggling with fertility journey, then I realize that's only you to customize what you need. And you have to learn exactly. So knowledge is a power. Mm Mm-hmm. You have to learn what your body needs, what your mindset needs, and uh, then you can customize even medical doctor prescription or 
other uh, holistic medicine prescription for yourself. Because I knew my body um, and I know what I don't like, what I like. So I never force myself to eat something that I don't like. So I try to customize it to myself. <laughs> but it, to me, it's not worth it to eat things that you don't like. Life is too short to eat food exactly. you don't like. And then you shouldn't deprive yourself, no. as I always tell my clients, because one of the problems for infertility is not having um, enough carb carbohydrate. And some of these diets out there mm -hmm. recommend not having carbohydrate, and that uh, brings you lots of energy um, lack. So your lack of you have lack of energy. You can't perform the way you should do. Well, and, <laughs> and you feel tired. Yes, exactly. You feel tired. I'm not talking only about the fertility that happened to chronic disease and other mm -hmm. stuff. The problem is people need a fast result, and that's that's the worst um, thing that we expect. Because if you go for fast result, let's say you want to you wanna be rich in two weeks, then you lose the money in two weeks. <laughs> How do you want to take that money in two weeks? Like, that shouldn't be a strong way to gain that money. You have to, I don't know, <laughs> steal money from somewhere. It's a lottery. <laughs> two weeks. Exactly. But I, I actually research about this lottery stuff as well. I see a lot of people um, apply for a lottery. They, they get the money and they, they lose it because they don't know how to use it. That's the same with the weight loss. I remember I had a manager and um, he was, uh, he had some extra weight and he determined to lose it. He lost it, but he was always angry and not really in good mood. And after sometimes when he actually had some uh, bankruptcy and some, um, his his financial stuff was not really good and then again all the way come came back so you see here there should be some lifestyle change well and, you did. and that was what i i realized because um if if i'm not changing like i said if i'm not cleaning up the garbage then i go back to the old ways and your manager or anybody else who goes for a quick fix, they're not solving the problem that got them there in the first place. And so as soon as they, um, it's like those airplanes that have a rubber band, you know, you wind the rubber band, you wind the rubber band, but as soon as you let go of the, the propeller, it starts spinning and it goes back to where it was, right? So if we don't, in anything, it doesn't make any difference what we're doing. In anything, if we are not being clear and cleaning out the garbage and creating new habits and new lifestyles and reinforcing those habits and reinforcing those lifestyles, it's easy to go back. You know, one of the things that I talk about in the book is where our minds are like a dirt road, a muddy dirt road. And we've driven down that road so many times, our car drives itself. 
So as soon as we start changing these things, we're making new ruts in the in the muddy dirt road. Well, it's real easy to slip back into the old ruts. And once we're in there, how many times do we go, oh, well, I've fallen back in. I can't get out. I like so what, that. <laughs> what, what I encourage people to do is to say, oh, well, I fell in. I'm going to get back out and it's going to be okay. But I have to clean the mud first because if I don't clean the mud, clean the mud, it's going to be slippery and going to get back there again. <laughs> right. So we now, drive slowly and we drive carefully and we practice. I mean, I, I um, advocate a lot of practice. Yes. You, know, you practice going over to your aunt so-and-so's house who insists that, you know, you eat um, whatever fruitcake cookies that she made just for you. You practice going to the restaurant and ordering what it is you plan to order. You, we practice. Um, musicians, actors, they, they don't perform without practicing. Exactly. You know, I have a book. I don't know if you heard about it. It's called Rules of Change for the Better. I'm just talking about the change. I said change has a few stages and we always miss some of these stages. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to project management, because I was a project manager as well, they say only they have initiation part. Then we have plan and act right but i i said there should be another step ahead called maturity <laughs> yeah because first of all you need initiation because you have to have some inspiration to change yourself a lot of people plan every day to do some stuff but they never do it they say okay let's do it tomorrow let's do it the next week you know mm -hmm. but if you have enough inspiration to wait for weight loss or writing your book or whatever then you can keep going do the planning stay on your plan and again go to action and do little by little step by step and finish it complete it but if you're not in maturity level which you said is come it comes with the practice mm -hmm. you're gonna lose it yes that's so right that's you have to keep learning you have to like um i was a programmer IT, it programmer before project management and it is a very very massive word if you don't learn for six months you are out of market mm -hmm. because technology is crazy <laughs> Let's say, no, I cannot do programming right now because I have to learn so many things to catch up to right. where I was. You know, that's again with the body. You know, we have to do, const you have to be constant learner and we have to be mature in what you're doing as you do for weight loss. You're not going to get back there again because you're mature enough to keep your weight. Well, well and... As we are learning new habits, I believe yes. that we need to celebrate. Mm, we yes. need to celebrate you know, every little tiny win. You've got a three-year-old. So every time your three-year-old does something, it doesn't make any difference what it is. You know, if, if uh, they put together a, you know, a puzzle correctly or they're building Legos or something, I mean, what do you do? You cheer for them. Yes, great job, amazing. Oh my goodness, that's so wonderful. 
So that's what we need to do for ourselves when we are changing our thought processes, changing our habits. We need to celebrate because that reinforces the behavior. Um, and I talk about don't shoot the dog, the book, don't shoot the dog. That applies to almost everything. If we are trying to change a habit, trying to develop a new lifestyle, trying to do something hard, because um, you're working with a lot of women who are, are struggling with fertility. I imagine they're doing a lot of hard things in order to achieve their goal that their body is demanding. Encourage them to figure out how they can celebrate each little teeny tiny win. Because it's so easy to focus on when we lose, just as it's easy to focus on the times when I ate more chips than I intended to eat. It's easy to focus on the times when I ate more at a party than I planned on eating. But that's not helpful. What is helpful is saying, okay, so you ate more chips than you planned on doing, but you know what? You didn't eat as many as you might have before, and that is amazing. Yes, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, actually, celebration, I do always. Um, I'm a notebook. I have weekly celebration for myself. I have monthly celebration. I have bonus. I have some tasks. Um, I always plan for the week. If I do extra, I say, oh, that's a bonus. If I cannot do whatever I already planned, then I see there are some blockers that I have to remove. Right. And then I get help or remove it myself. And I see what was the problem. Because the pro problem is sometimes we have a lot of blockers on our way. And those blockers doesn't keep us going. No. So it's like weight loss, right? So you have to see, okay, yes, yeah, but I'm cra craving. I really need to have some sugar. And you justify it with yourself mm -hmm. that your body needs sugar. <laughs> and after justification, then you have one. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I've learned from that is my body may be saying it needs sugar. But what I've learned, it's really saying it needs protein. And so when I feel that um, that hunt set, you know, start setting in where you're going through the pantry looking for something, I'll take a breath, I'll take a moment, I'll pause and I'll say, okay, this is what's going on, go find some protein. And I grab the protein, I take that, drink that. Usually I drink protein, um, have a protein drink Sometimes I'll grab some lunch meat, you know, the higher protein lunch meats, and that settles that whole craving. It's amazing. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm simply saying this is what I have discovered will settle that sugar craving. Yeah, beautiful. And I'm not craving sugar anymore because I changed it in my mindset. Mm. Uh, and I, what I did, I created a very bad picture I have, uh, but having sugar. That's a if good point. If I create, if I want to have chocolate, I created them all. I will be very uh, fat, you know, I will <laughs> gain some fat. And I'm 
make it very, very ugly in my mind. Mm -hmm. Then I just, it's disgusting. I don't want to have chocolate. I couldn't resist before. I just go and have it. But right now, even my stomach doesn't take it. So I cannot take Once we we learn, once we learn, or (coughs) once our body realizes it doesn't have to have that fake sugar or Mm -hmm. refined sugar, it doesn't taste good. Exactly. Uh, you know, our body is wanting natural sugar, the sugar that we get from uh, dairy products, the sugars that we get from fruits and vegetables. That's what our body wants. And that sugar tastes much better. And natural. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So we go through your Facebook and website. Uh, what do you do there? You have your book there. Yes, the, the book is there and um, I post in there, you know, and have conversations with people. We also have a private Facebook group you can ask to join, um, which is also You Can Eat Love and you can get to the private group from inside that Facebook group. But I just post information looking for conversation. Um, that's where you can keep up with what's going on. Also for your viewers, if they want, if they do buy the book, You Can't Eat Love, um, and drop a note with a screenshot of their receipt and their email address, I will send them a free PDF of the workbook, which is a $10 value. Wow. Um, so just you know, as a gift to say, thank you so much for getting the book. Beautiful. Yes, I saw your workbook and there are lots of practical guidance inside your book. Um, that oh well, thank you. It's it's so easy to follow, to be honest. Thank you. And yeah, and I love your book because uh, it's not only medication, it's not only a specific diet. That's what you need to learn about the calories. Yes, you have to learn how to manage um, your. Um, vitamin and mineral minerals to have enough energy per day and that's it mm-hmm. as you have that knowledge then you don't really need to follow any other diets yes no. um and and the book is not as much a this is what you need to do to lose weight book as much as it is changing let's mindset. Take care let's take care of what's up here so that your weight is not a problem anymore. That can be actually applied to any other addiction. Well, that's what uh, my youngest sister is a counselor (laughs) and I sent it to her and asked her to read it. And she works with um, addicts and she works with, she's also a grief counselor. And she said, the name of the book could be, you can't drink love, you can't drug love, you can't, you know, any, any of the addictions. Yes, this is coming from a counselor. Exactly, exactly. that's the same thing. And with the addiction, there are some other stuff, some other aspect attached to it because uh, they need some distraction from the real world. Mm -hmm. And I know for some people who gain a lot of weight, they're addicted to eating, right? So they it's something to distract themselves from the world are in. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and which, which, 
um, which is one of the reasons why, I mean, I talk about the emotions and feelings and things like that, because um, so many times we grow up being told that we can't feel or that our feelings are not legitimate. Yes. Um, and so we have to learn how to feel instead of eating. Exactly, exactly. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, well, thank here. you. I appreciate and, it. Uh, yes, go and buy You yes. Can't Eat Love. Yes. <laughs> Especially. Buy the book, drop yeah. a screenshot of the receipt. I love the color. Email. I mean, oh, the cover. The cover. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, drop a screenshot and I'll send a copy of the uh, workbook to you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yep.